Hello and welcome to the third instalment of the Ehrmann episodes. So this time I'm talking to Bart Ehrman about an upcoming debate he's having with Dr. Mike Lacona on the 9th of April this year, 2022. Basically, they're going to be having an all-day debate, which is absolutely fascinating, and they're going to be looking at topics such as, is there any real evidence for the resurrection? Can we trust the gospel accounts of Jesus' death and resurrection? What proof do we have of the earliest witnesses to the resurrection? Could the story of the resurrection have been a later fabrication? What about the early doubt traditions among Jesus' followers? And many more. So this is an all-day event, essentially, and Dr. Mike Lacona, Dr. Bart Ehrman are going to be coming together and sharing two opposing views with the idea of hopefully helping the audience understand a little bit more about this subject matter and the vast scope of literature that is around it. I'm really excited to be going to this event, and I'm really happy that I managed to talk to Bart Ehrman today um, as a bit of a promotion for this event, but also asking some of the questions around Jesus's idea of his purpose and destiny as he approached Jerusalem. Um, did Jesus think he was going to die, for instance? Did he think he was going to become a martyr for his cause? And if he didn't, kind of what did his disciples have to then begin to work through after his death it's a conversation that I find really helpful and it's something that I've been fascinated in for a long time in a few months time on the blog I'm releasing a series examining the resurrection after reading many books about it and um, yeah it's a subject matter that I find to be extremely human and extremely fascinating in why we begin to interpret things in certain ways to understand ourselves and the stories that we hope to be true Anyway, without any further ado, here's my conversation around the resurrection with Professor Bart Ehrman. Welcome to When Belief Dies. The aim of this podcast and YouTube channel is to have conversations that honestly reflect on faith, religion and life. Once a week, every week, we aim to bring you a conversation that explores belief with a variety of guests from various parts of the world, delving into why some subscribe to a specific religion and or denomination, and why others have either never believed or decided to walk away from a framework of belief. The more we can understand about why someone holds or rejects a specific religious position, the more honest we can be with the positions we hold as we strive to believe as many true things as possible. This is why it's amazing to have you with us each and every week. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello, and welcome to another episode of When Belief Dies. My name's Sam, and once again, I'm joined by Professor Bart Ehrman. Bart, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, doing really well, thank you. Doing really well. So you have a debate coming up in the very near future, and um, it's surrounding the resurrection. It's with Mike Lacona. Um, there's going to be lots of time for people to go and sign up for that and get involved. But I thought I'd jump in with some of the questions to kind of, um, I guess, spice things up a bit and get a bit of um, get a bit of an understanding for the listener of what they can be expecting from this sort of conversation. Um, so basically, to kick off, essentially, I'd love to kind of understand, before we get to the resurrection, really, as a historian, what do you think is the closest to the person of Jesus that it's possible to get to? Um, you mean, what, what do I think Jesus was probably really like? Yeah. Or do you mean what sources are closest? Um, well, uh, yeah, as you, as you know, <laughs> as well as anybody, the, um, it's very difficult to know about the historical Jesus, and scholars have been working on that problem since the 1770s, <laughs> and so there are different opinions about this. Um, the, the standard view that's, that's been around in, uh, in the English-speaking world in Germany and Europe 
for the last hundred years or so uh, is the view that Jesus was a uh, was a preacher, a Jewish preacher who was who was proclaiming that um, the world was soon that we know as we know it was soon going to come to an abrupt end and that God was going to intervene and uh, destroy all the forces of evil that are aligned against him to bring in a good kingdom here on earth and that people needed to pr prepare for it. That uh, if they, they align themselves with God, they will enter into this new kingdom that's coming here. Uh, if they refuse and continue to live in their sin, they're going to be destroyed. And so Jesus' message was one of potential salvation to those who will return to God and destruction for everyone else. Yeah. Oh man, there's so much to dive in on that, but I'm going to keep going with the questions, um, although I do want to jump off track so many times. So, um, how does a scholar approach the subject of the resurrection, and is it even possible to come to it without bringing preconceived ideas? Uh, well, no, I mean, I, I think, I don't think it's possible to live without pre preconceived ideas, and I think that all of us, whether uh, as much as we want to kind of bracket our, our uh, prejudices and our beliefs and our assumptions, it's, it, it's very hard to do. The best thing to do, of course, is to recognize what those things are for you, you and to, to take account of them. And a lot of people don't do that. <laughs> when it comes to the historian, um, you know, how, how this is going to be what we're debating. Mike thinks that you can historically demonstrate that Jesus was raised from the dead. Uh, my view is that, uh, that you cannot demonstrate it, uh, that uh, because in order for that to have happened, you have to have God intervening in history. And God intervening in history is not subject to historical analysis. You cannot track the doings of God <laughs> using historical methods. And so it's not it's not, it's not, I held this view, by the way, when I was a Christian. I mean, I, I, I thought that, yeah, well, you, you know, there are just some things history can't prove, and that's one of them, uh, that, that God has intervened in history. And I'm going to try and show why that is uh, and why historians can't demonstrate the resurrection. Um, I personally don't think it happened, and I have reasons not to believe that. But um, Mike's going to be arguing, oh, yes, we can prove it uh, or, you know, get, get really good evidence for it. And I'm going to show that... You, you know, it's not an accident that historians in other fields don't appeal to miracle. Uh, you know, when you say people bring in their own prejudices and things, you, well, yeah, if you're a Christian and you believe in the resurrection, then naturally you think you can show it because it happened, right? Well, uh, you have to stick to historical methods if you're going to be a historian. If you want to believe it, it's fine because it's it's a belief. But you shouldn't pretend that beliefs are necessarily historically uh, demonstrable. I love it. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, okay, so um, what do you think were the cause that led to Jesus' death? So kind of sketch out the three main themes. Usually it's, it's God's plan or it's Roman justice or it's Jewish vengeance. So what do you think, Byerman, is the cause for Jesus' death? The cause of his death. Um, I think that Jesus was uh, predicting that the, uh, that the end was coming soon. Um, and that there would be this big calamity when God intervened. And he indicated that... Um, some of God's enemies were the people who thought that they were God's people. <laughs> that he, he actually went on the attack against um, Jewish leaders in Jerusalem when he went there for the Passover feast. Um, and uh, this was, I mean, this would be upsetting to anybody. I mean, if you're in your church and somebody stands up and starts screaming at your pastor that he's going to hell and that, you know, and God's going to destroy this church building, you'd probably be like, who is this? Uh, and so, uh, uh, that's kind of that's how they felt, uh, I think. And so 
the actual reason he got crucified, though, is not because of the Jewish antagonism. The reason he got crucified is because the Romans found out that he was calling himself the king of the Jews. Uh, and you, you, you can't claim to be the ruler of the country when the Romans are the ruler of the country, because that means you got to overthrow them if you're going to become the king. And so uh, Romans took this kind of thing pretty seriously, and, and they didn't mess around. If somebody's, if somebody's claiming to be the ruler of the people the Romans are ruling, they just crucify the guy. <laughs> they, don't, they don't mess around. They just kill him, and that's what happened. Pilate found out he's calling himself the king of the Jews, and he crucified him for it. Yeah, we see that repercussion into AD 70. Anyway, we won't go there right now, but yeah, um, that's definitely true. The Romans like to crucify people. Um, so I guess as Jesus was approaching Jerusalem then, do you think he was um, aware he was going to die? And if so, how do you think he framed his death in his own mind? So, you know, these are really complicated questions because I can, you know, it's easy to give an answer, but the answer always seems kind of superficial because you actually need about uh, 300 pages to show why you think that. <laughs> um my, my own view is that Jesus was not planning to die. Uh, Jesus had been ministering up in Galilee uh, and, had, and I think at the end, of, he didn't know it was the end of his life, but he wanted to bring his message that the kingdom was soon to arrive to the heart of, to the, heart of the Jewish people, to Jerusalem during the Passover feast. And so um, I think that's why he went uh, to Jerusalem. Let me just preface this. You know, people listening to this, might, I, I suppose people on your, your podcast are going to understand this, but the Gospels contain all sorts of things that are probably not historical, and you have to figure out what is historical and why. And so my view is that Jesus did not anticipate his death. He may have known kind of near the end that, yeah, this is not going well, and we could be in trouble here. But um, I don't think that he went there in order to die, and I didn't think he expected to die. I think he expected... It's pretty clear to me he expected that God's kingdom was going to be was going to come and he was going to be made the king. That's why he called himself the king of the Jews. I think he really thought he was going to be the king of the Jews, that God would appoint him to be his Messiah uh, and not, not to die, but to rule. And uh, his disciples certainly thought they were going to rule and they got it from him. And so I don't think he was expecting to be crucified. So. A bit of an interesting one, I think. Obviously, a lot of people come to the gospel narratives and the story leading up to um, to, to to the climax of the gospels, the sort of death and, and resurrection of Jesus. And um, a lot of um, scholars bring this forward and say this is this is historically accurate information. And but I want to really get your take on this. Kind of, do you think we can take the the, the gospel narratives surrounding Jesus' death and resurrection as historical libel? There seems to be a acute blend of history and almost theologizing post resurrection belief like how how can we even begin to approach these texts without that baggage coming into the conversation well that's the complicating fa factor and that's why you have scholars who devote their lives to try and figure out what is legendary and what is historical and how do you how do you decide in principle you decide the same way you decide about any historical figure i mean you have you have all sorts of legends told about george washington you know or about um uh, about churchill or about whoever, or Charlemagne. I mean, you pick somebody, and what historians have to do is to figure out what what kinds of sources do we have, uh, how biased are they, how uh, close to the events are they, are they consistent with one another, are they plausible in what they have to say, are they? You you have various things that you look at, and you you critically examine the sources. Uh, and that's what scholars do with the New Testament when it comes to Jesus. They look at the Gospels and they try and figure out what's legendary and what's historical. And so um, there are certainly things in the Gospels that are historical, in my judgment. 
uh, including that Jesus was a, a Jewish preacher who went to Jerusalem and was uh, and was turned over to the Roman authorities and was crucified for crimes against the state. And so there are, you know, that's all in the New Testament. I think it it, it probably, I think it's almost certainly right. And there are some things about it that I think are almost certainly not right. Uh, for example, I don't think it's right that Jesus rode into Jerusalem the week before his uh, arrest on a donkey with the with thousands of crowd the crowds out there in the thousands waving palm branches and declaring that he was the coming Messiah. It's not plausible. The 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 Roman governor Pilate came to Jerusalem every year at this time and posted soldiers around town precisely to prevent any kind of uprising. And if somebody comes being declared the Messiah by the multitudes, they would arrest him and kill him right away. And so it does make it to me. So again, that argument takes a long time to kind of develop, but that's the basic idea of it. So I don't think that's plausible. So you go, you go thing, you go story by story and you figure out what in the stories accurate what's not i mean i'd say it's accurate that jesus rode that jesus came to jerusalem the week before so that's accurate did he ride to the acclamation of the crowds that he's the messiah i don't think that's accurate no i love it no i appreciate these are massive massive questions that you could spend weeks um talking about so i appreciate your concise answers but as always um so again i wrote this one down um just to make sure i got it right so when people hope for something to be true and are confronted with events that are counter to that narrative they can often construct explanations that defy sort of classical rational interpretations um, this is often known as cognitive dissonance so what role if any do you think that cognitive dissonance plays in the earliest experiences of jesus's resurrection um i'm sure they did play a role and there's actually been scholarship on this cognitive dissonance was developed by psychologists who are just wondering about this very thing you've got some kind of belief and the, the key to this is it's got to be a belief that can be uh, disconfirmed. It can be shown to be wrong. And when it's shown to be wrong, what happens to the person in their head? And what happens to their social actions? What happens in their heads, they come up often. Some, sometimes people say, oh, my God, I got that one wrong. <laughs> you know, but, but often, especially if you've got a group that believes this, if, you, if you've got a very strong group support for this view, you try and figure it out together. And you think, oh, God, I thought, you know, I thought that uh, the world was going to end on Thursday. But now it's you know, Saturday. What happened? Oh, God, we got the wrong Thursday. You know, it's next Thursday. And so you come up with things. And but the other thing, interestingly, that the, the social psychologists have shown is that when that happens, the people who have this belief, they, they come up with a new way of understanding and they become more missionary. They try and convert more people. And the idea is because it resolves the the dissonance, because if you have more people agreeing with you, then it seems like you probably are right after all. And so uh, there have been historians who've tried to study the Jesus movement in this light, uh, that Jesus was expected to be the Messiah, but instead he got crucified by the Romans. Like, oh my God, oh, I thought he was the Messiah. And then belief in the resurrection, of course, would, would be a way of saying, oh, he was the Messiah, but he wasn't the Messiah like we expected. It's a different kind of Messiah. Oh, then you become a missionary and you try and convert people. No, I love it. And finally, Bart, kind of, I'd just love to get your take. Obviously, this debate's um, coming up. It's going to be a really exciting opportunity for people to watch two scholars go at it for quite a long time. Like usually, these debates are you know sixty to ninety minutes, but we're looking at an entire day here, which is really exciting. So, I guess from you, Bart, what is it you hope to get across um, in your upcoming debate with Michael Lacona? What is it you're trying to show to the audience? Um, yeah, um, I think history is very important. Um, I think repeatedly in the modern world, we're seeing how 
uh, important history is because there are people who who make historical claims that are wrong and um, and they lead to very, very bad consequences. Um, uh, just, you know, uh, wars and things start because people say things that aren't correct. <laughs> so I think it's important to know what happened historically and to know what, you know, and so I, um, it's an important question to know what things can we show historically and what things can we not show historically? Um, there, the vast majority of things that have happened in the past cannot be shown to have happened. It's just the reality of the case. Just anybody can realize that. I mean, and so the question is, is something like the resurrection that can be shown? Is Christianity something that can be proven? Um, it's, I, I have no qualms at all with people believing in the resurrection and believing that Jesus was raised from the dead and believing that believing the Christian message, but to argue that you can prove it, uh, that's crossing a line for me, uh, because it's not provable. It's a belief. It's not a historical fact. Uh, and so what I'm going to be trying to show in my, in my part of this debate is why it's perfectly fine if people want to believe this. I don't believe it myself, and I'll explain why I don't believe it. But if people do want to believe it, it's fine. But you need to realize that it is not something you can prove. And if you think it's, you can prove, you can prove it. What you're basically saying is that everybody else is an idiot because they don't see it. And you really want to say that? In our day and age, do you really want to say that people who don't accept this are just blind or hard-headed or or hard-hearted or opposed to like the truth of reality? I mean, that's it's not a helpful attitude these days. And so, so for me, there's a lot there's a lot at stake here. Professor Ehrman, as always, your time is um, so insightful. It's so helpful. Thank you so much for answering my questions today. Well, thank you. Enjoyed it. Cheers. Well, there you have it. That was a bit of a tease for Bart Ehrman and Mike Lacona's debate on the resurrection happening on the 9th of April, 2022. If you use the link in the description, not only will you get an early bird pricing before the event, but also you'll be helping When Belief Dies with a bit of a kickback. So I'd ask you if you're happy to go, if you'd be willing to use the link, it supports us and I really appreciate it. I'm hoping to have a conversation with Mike Lacona in the near future, also looking at this. I had one planned in, but sadly it fell through at the last moment. So we'll have to see if it's possible, but fingers crossed I can talk to Mike Lacona as well before this debate takes place and get a conversation with him around similar topics, maybe even the same questions if possible. We'll have to see. Anyway, thank you so much for watching and I hope to see you at the debate. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As always, to leave any comments or thoughts, please head on over to YouTube and to follow us on social media or to see where else we are online, hit the link in the description. Thank you to all our regular givers for making this dream a reality. And I'll catch you here at the same time next week. Enjoy the journey.